Okay. Two weeks ago, I told you, you know, sometimes God speaks, you know, in rather mysterious ways, huh? sometimes in dreams and visions, sometimes in the middle of the night. Yeah? So I was going to the toilet, and while, the to- uh, while I was going to the toilet, suddenly, you know, this scripture just dropped into my heart. And I knew immediately, this is God's word for this weekend. So you've been sitting down for a while, stand up and read God's word together. This is from Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 to 38. So let's read out loud the word of God. Let's go. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Now, there's another passage very similar, which we can read, which is Mark 1, 37, 39, okay? And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Father, we ask for your Holy Spirit to speak these words to each of us in such a personal way that we will Learn to see as Jesus saw so that we may feel as Jesus felt and do as Jesus did to fulfill your purpose for our lives and for our church. For your glory, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. So, we are told that Jesus went throughout, he traveled throughout Galilee. They were looking for him because he had ministered to them and they wanted him to stay because he was helping them. He had become so popular in that village. Everyone is looking for you. But Jesus said, no, we're not going to stay here. Let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I came. And so he traveled throughout Galilee. Jesus was not content to stay in one place. He wanted to go throughout that region, which Josephus tells us, the historian, there were about 200 cities and villages. Some of them have up to 15,000 people. Okay? And Jesus wanted to go to all of them He was not content to stay in one place. No village was too small for him to go to. That was his heart. He says, that's why I came. He was not content to stay in one place. No matter how many people came to him and said, please, you know, stay here, we need you. And you know what? PCC is not the kind of church that's content to stay in just one place. 
because God has called us to serve Penang. That's why the church is called Penang Christian Centre. Okay, not Island Christian Centre, Georgetown Christian Centre. All right, there's a purpose why we inherited, we got that name. So Jesus wants to go to all the places, and of course, today he wants us to go to every place where the gospel needs to be preached. So there are three simple points I want to make. I hope you remember. Number one, we need to see as Jesus saw. Let's all say this. We need to see as Jesus saw. It says when he saw the crowds, he saw the crowds. Look, the disciples also saw the same people, right? How many of you love to have crowds around you? You love to go to crowded places. Okay, no, <laughs> I can see people like that. How many of you don't like crowded places? Come on, don't like, okay, honest people, oh, yeah. Now, the disciples are like you and me. Sometimes when they see a crowd, what did they see? They see problems. <laughs> they don't see opportunities. At one time, when evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place, it's already getting late. What did they say to Jesus? Send the crowds away. <laughs> Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for, them, uh, for themselves. So, you know, it's like, hey, it's a problem now. They are here. You know, if they are here, we have to take care of them. So, send them away. They saw the people as problems. But Jesus saw them as human beings with a need. Is that how we see people? Some years ago, researchers were trying to find out if Bible school students are actually people who have compassion, whether they are, you know, good Samaritans, so to speak. Lah, okay? So they decided to carry out a test or an experiment. So they called together about 40 Bible school students in that city and they say, okay, we want you to do a very simple assignment today, right? You're going to walk from this location here to the building across, right? Just across over there. And when you arrive there, you'll be directed to a place where you will tell the story of the Good Samaritan impromptu to, you know, to a, a strange strangers, right? So now how many of you know the story of the Good Samaritan? Come on, you, you have read before. Okay, if you have not tonight, please read. <laughs> then you know what it's about, huh? Okay, uh, just summarize. Uh, nobody helped the guy who was wounded. Huh? The priest didn't help. The Levite, who is a religious person, didn't help. But this Samaritan who is outcast, huh? who the Jews looked down on, stopped to help the man. Okay, so that's why they call him Good Samaritan, even though Jesus didn't say good, just say Samaritan, okay? So <coughs> he was the neighbor, so to speak. Now, so this was the story they're supposed to tell when they arrived at the destination. But they didn't know that the researchers hired some people along the way when they passed by to so as they pass, before they arrive, before as they arrive, you know, as they were approaching, these actors 
they slump and they, oh, you know, and they groan and oh, they did much better than me, by the way. You know, I'm not a good actor, right? So it was so real. They were groaning and you know slumped down, and so they wanted to know whether these Bible school students, 40 of them, would stop and help. Okay, and so what they found was more than half of them just walked quickly past. They walked. They were in a hurry. And now you may be thinking, hey, how can uh, they are supposed to be training to go and serve people, you know, help the needy, right? How can they ignore this man? Huh? I hope Wei Xiong don't do that, uh, Bible school student. Okay. <laughs> well, before you are so harsh on the Bible school student, uh, these Bible school students are just like you and me. I <laughs> <You> say, <laughs> we are busy. We are in a hurry to our next assignment. Okay, even if the assignment is to tell the story of the Good Samaritan, <laughs> which we are not. Okay, all right. They didn't stop. They did not see this man in the same way as Jesus saw human beings. You see, Jesus saw lost people as distress. And the word means trouble, vex. And the root meaning actually means to be flayed like a sheep, you know? The, the skin being taken off, huh? torn, battered, bruised, and mangled, uh, exhausted. You see, people without Jesus have to carry their burdens all alone. Now, how many of you are glad that you don't have to carry your burden all alone? Can you wave to me? Amen? That Jesus carries our greatest burden. And we also have brothers and sisters in the family of God, in our cell group especially, who helps us to carry our burdens. But these people did not have anyone to help them. So Jesus saw them as uh, harassed and dispirited. Okay? And the word there actually means downcast, thrown down. Utterly, it describes someone who is utterly helpless, forsaken as people who are lost without a savior. Now, uh, the, the image is a bit difficult to understand, but Philip Keller, who wrote this book called uh, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23, he describes this as this. Now, sometimes you may not have seen this in the, in the sheep area. Sometimes the sheep trips and rolls over, you know, right? And that's called cast down, really, literally, it means... And the sheep will lie there and it will not be able to get out. Very strange, you know. Maybe it's top heavy, I don't know, right? And the four legs will just flail, you know, but cannot get out. The shepherd have to go and actually turn the sheep around and help the sheep get up. If the shepherd doesn't do that, the sheep will just lie down there and be vulnerable to attack and after a couple of days, the sheep will die. Literally, you say, huh? You mean sheep so stupid, one? Huh? Yeah, Jesus says we are sheep. <laughs> Human beings are like sheep. It's not a compliment, okay? <laughs> it simply means this. This is a picture of human beings without the shepherd, Jesus Christ. 
They may look very successful outside, you know. They may look very respectable, you know. They have all their, their, their life is in order. But they are cast down. They are unable to free themselves from their own sin. Now, Paul describes it like this. Ephesians 2, 12. Remember, remember that at that time you were separated from Christ. How many of you still remember what it was like to be a non-Christian? Oh, Pastor Isaac, oh, 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago. I've forgotten. You know, I've been a Christian most of my life also. What was it like separated from Christ without hope, without God in this world? Do you remember what it was like you have no one to turn to. You know, it's not like now, you know, you, you have a problem, you just talk to Jesus. <laughs> it was not like that. Really, that was one of the reasons why I came to Christ because, you know, I was a very lonely person. <laughs> My father only had one son. <laughs> and... I was, I was a loner most of my, you know, the younger days, in a sense, I didn't have a close friend. Okay? But when I came to Christ, then I, I knew I'm, I'm not alone. So most of us may have forgotten what it meant. And there are people who are around us who are in need, but we don't think they are. They look very composed, so we feel like, oh, they're okay, just leave them alone, Okay. So we may think, oh, they don't need Jesus, you know. They don't need the good news. They have got their lives together. So we don't share. Now, I must confess as a pastor, I don't get many opportunities to share the gospel. Because, you know, most of the time, the people you're close to, you know, are the people you work with, right? So I cannot share the gospel with my colleagues because all of them are supposed to be Christians, huh? Check and see whether they are Christian or not. <laughs> if they are not, they cannot work in PCC, okay? So, apart from that, I have to go out of the way to connect and to make friends with the people in my neighborhood and so on, right? So, whenever I get into a car with someone who's taking me from one place to another, I would talk to them. And as opportunity arises, I will share the gospel because... I have a captive audience. <laughs> they cannot run away. Okay, and I'm their customer. So they have to oblige. <laughs> so on Wednesday, uh, I was coming back from KL from a conference. Actually, it's early, early Wednesday morning. It was 1.30 a.m. The typhoon, you know, threw the, the AirAsia schedule off. So instead of nine-something flight, I flew about midnight. <laughs> And so I came back, it was one something. And so the grab car came. It was a 25-year-old young man. So we just talked, you know, usually I ask them, you know, well, how long have you been driving, you know? They say, oh, uh, five months or something like that. So I asked him, you know, what were you doing before? Oh, he said he had many other jobs, you know. Uh, from 16, 17, he was, you know, doing odd jobs here, yeah, different, different things. I said, why? He said, I cannot study. Yeah. You know, his brother is an engineer, but you know, he cannot study. So I asked him, okay, what jobs have you done? He said, oh, a lot of low-paying jobs. My first job, 600 ringgit only, you know. And uh, what is your last job? He said, oh, uh, I was a bartender also, he says, you know. 
<laughs> he tried a lot of things, six, seven jobs. So what was your last job before you drive Grab? He said, oh, I was doing loans. I said, huh? Loans? I thought he worked for a bank or what. I said, no, no, no. Uh, loan, you know, people who need money, you know, then uh, we, we lend them money. Uh. So I said, uh, what's the interest like? He said, uh, I cannot tell you. But very high, very high, you know. Okay, very high. So I asked him, uh, is it legal or not legal? He said, no, not legal. <laughs> so here is a, a 25-year-old young man. He is in, involved in, already involved in illegal businesses just to you know, make a living, you know. And he's still doing it, by the way, you know. He's drive grab and, and you know, give loans, so to speak, huh? right? Uh, he's making money from it. And so I, I said, wow, okay. So I shared with him the gospel. And uh, then I asked him, you know, have you, heard of, have you heard about Jesus? You know, he's our savior and only he can save us. We, you know, we cannot earn our salvation. Uh, we can try to do good works. And the little Buddha is sitting, you know, on the dashboard. So I know he's Buddhist, you know. <laughs> so I asked him, have you heard this before? He says, no, I've never. Never heard this before. Do you have Christian friends? Uh, do, have you ever been to church? He said, yeah, yeah, when I was young. Somebody brought me to church, you know. But I've never heard this before. Wow, so sad. People can go to church and not hear the gospel, you know. So, which means this, this young man, he was in church, but he was lost. It's possible for people to be in a religious setting and still be lost. And Jesus saw the great need of lost people. The question is, do we see them as lost? Or do we think, oh yeah, they're okay. Lah. Jesus saw the harvest of lost people. And that's why he said the harvest is plentiful. And he told them after the Samaritan woman spoke to him, he said, lift up your eyes and look on the fields that they are white for harvest. And he's asking us to get involved. Okay? But the problem is this. Sometimes we don't believe that there's a harvest. We assume Ah, yeah, they don't want to hear the gospel. Ah. We don't want to bother people. Okay? They, she'll be offended if I talk to her about spiritual things. These are very personal things, you know. Don't, don't, don't rock the boat. Okay? How do you know that they are not willing to listen? Huh? Our job is just to be available. God's job is to open their hearts. Can you say amen? And there was a woman in Acts 16 where God opened her heart. Her name is Lydia. Not Pastor Lydia, but Lydia. Okay. And so God can open people's hearts. Okay. Now, I know this is true because I've spoken to you know, many, many people most of the time in this captive you know, conversation. Not very long because you know, I mean the longest journey from my house to the airport is 20 minutes. Okay. So that's all I have. But... You know, there's a lot that we can, you know, talk about even in that short. Oops, sorry, what happened? My phone? No? <laughs> okay, so uh, I was, uh, two, about two months ago, I was picked up by this Grab driver. I think it was uh, on, from the airport. So we, got, we started chatting and then I found out, okay, what do you do for a living, you know? Uh, he says, no, I, I'm just driving for fun, you know, it's like, Really? What do you do? He said, I'm, I'm a businessman. You know, I have an IT business. You know, we, we provide te technical support you know, to uh, SMEs. Okay? I said, well, why, then why do you drive Grab? 
You say, uh, sometimes, whole day, uh, just look at the screen, uh, and then nothing breaks down, nothing to do, you know. Very boring, you know. So I just go out and then drive and then, you know, meet people. Uh, so, you know, it's like, oh, okay, they are such drivers. Huh? <laughs> right? I didn't know. So anyway, we were talking, talking, and then after a few pleasantries, I started to share with him the gospel. I, you know, share with him how, you know, uh, we cannot satisfy God's holiness. That's why God has to send his son, you know, and he sacrificed himself to save us so that, you know, if we believe, he forgives our sins. So, you know, just very short. And then he said, this is very interesting. You know? I've never heard this before. I asked him, do you have Christian friends? He said, yeah, I have Christian friends. Have they ever shared this with you? He said, no. They've never shared this with me. You know? So it's strange, right? He's got Christian friends. But his Christian friends are like us who think maybe he's not interested, you know? Don't disturb him. Don't offend him. But actually, he's very open. He's never heard this before, and he wants to find out, right? So, so I asked him, okay, uh, would you be interested to find out more? He says, yeah, sure. Can I send you some, you know, material, uh, you know, online, and you can read? Because, I mean, he's very educated, you know? He's in this IT business, right? He says, sure, send me, okay? So, okay, I'll send you, huh? So I got home, it was very late, and I was very busy. The next few days, you know, I was just tied up one thing after another. And by the time I remember, oh, I'm supposed to send to my Grab driver. So I took out my phone and, to look for his contact, and lo and behold, the system had already erased it. Okay? So I said, oh, God, I should have done it immediately. You see, when immediately when you look at it, the number is there. Sometimes, you know, you call the driver, you know, tell I'm here, you know, I'm which gate, right? And sometimes the driver will call you. Have you, have you received that, right? They say, uh, no, no, don't, don't go to uh, arrival, uh, go to departure. Have you? It happened to me before, you know? Okay, if you wait for me at departure, <laughs> 10 minutes, I'm stuck behind. Okay, I cannot even get in. Uh, you come to uh, arrival, uh, uh, you come to uh, departure, very fast, right? So, so we have their number and we have their name, you know, so we can actually contact them. But you must do it immediately because after a short time, the system erases it, right? And I search all over, all I, all I can find is, you know, all the complaints on <laughs> how to complain, right? which I don't want to, okay? So... I learned, a mis I learned from this mistake that is sometimes people are more open than you think they are. And you must act on it immediately. So Jesus saw the harvest, but Jesus also saw the need for more workers for the harvest. Now, you know, he said the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are what? Few. Harvest Plentiful workers, few, it's still the same today. God has a harvest of souls that is, that's ripe, but he does not have enough workers. Now, you know, God is almighty. He could have chosen to send angels to preach the gospel, but he didn't. He chose to use human beings. Say human beings, like you and me, who have received the good news. 
So up to this point, all the disciples were just following Jesus, watching him do ministry. From now on, he is going to ask them to do what he has been doing to get them involved. The people who receive forgiveness can tell other people what is forgiveness. Can you say amen? So Jesus wants us to open our eyes and see the great harvest around us so that we can bring in the harvest, okay? So we need to be like Jesus, to see people as he saw them. And then we'll be ready to do the second. We need to feel as Jesus felt. Let's say that. We need to feel as Jesus felt. How did he feel? When he saw the crowds, he had what? Compassion. When the disciples saw the crowd, they had frustration, <laughs> problems, send them away. When Jesus saw the crowds, he felt compassion. Now, do we feel compassion? Or do we say, oh, yeah, our family is already safe, we are all going to go to heaven, you know, so, you know, it's okay. Thank God. To feel compassion refers to the inward parts or the guts. It is the feeling that you get when you see your child in the hospital, very sick. This is how you, you feel. It is something you feel in the pit of your stomach, okay? And it hits you. It is more than just sympathy. It is empathy. You feel with them. You don't just feel for them. You feel with them. Okay? And it is more than just a casual feeling, you know, hey, I'm so sorry for them, you know, too bad, you know. No, Jesus felt for them. Do we feel for people? Now, I must confess, you know, I mean, sometimes we live in a world where we are conditioned not to feel because it is safer not to feel. When you feel, you are vulnerable. Are you with me? Huh? You see a beggar on the street, better not see even, you know. Right? If you feel, then you, you will be, you know, obligated to do something. And oftentimes, we try not to even make eye contact because, you know, we know that uh, to, to protect ourselves almost, so sometimes it's hard to feel compassion, especially for people who, you know, we are just passing by. We don't even know them. And sometimes people whom we are so familiar with, we cannot feel anymore. It's, it's like so, so familiar. Now, on Tuesday, when I was going down to, to Subang Airport, so I took this grab and the driver was in his 40s. I call his name Daniel, just, you know, for reference. So we got started chatting and... I found out, oh, he, you know, he used to do business as well, you know. So, so why are you driving Grab? Uh, so, he was saying, you know, yeah, his, his business was not doing well. And so, I asked him about his family. He says, oh, he has three children, early teens, two, and then he has one seven-year-old boy. Uh, and he says, oh, but seven-year-old boy is staying in a hostel. So, I said, why? Hostel? Uh, he says, oh, it's because, you know, when my business went down, the government took away my license, you know, to, to run these language schools, you know, because a lot of people were doing this to, you know, uh, just have students that don't attend class, you know. So, as a result, government took back all this, 
license, so he had already put all his money in it, so he lost a lot of money and he had financial problems. And during this time, his wife left him and married another man. And I felt so sorry for him, you know. He was a total stranger. I just met him for 10, 15 minutes, you know. So I said, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, I'm so sorry to hear that, you know. And then immediately he replied. He said, it's okay. It has all been decided up there. I felt even more sad for him. You know, his wife left him. He's left with three children. And he says, it's okay because... It's all decided where? Up there. Now, I'm sure you know there are some people who believe that everything that happens in life is what? Fated. Huh? Which means, you know, there's nothing he could have done about the situation. Okay? It's just, it's just supposed to happen, so to speak, right? So, uh, you know, my heart went out to him. You know, it's like, wow, you know, this guy, he's suffering, but, you know, he's just taking it in his stride and says, you know, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. You see, uh, sometimes people can sense whether we feel for them or not, whether we care for them. And if they, if they know we feel for them, they are more likely to listen. They are more inclined to hear because they know that, you know, we are not just passing by or we are not just, you know, uh, waiting for them to get out of the way, right? We need to see needy people as Jesus saw them. And we need to feel compassion for them as Jesus felt compassion for them. Can you say amen? But it's very hard. Really, I must say, it's, it's hard to do that because society conditions us not to feel, not to even get in, in, involved with people. And it is so hard, but we have to follow the example of Jesus to learn to see as Jesus sees people so that we can feel as he felt for people and that will lead us to do as Jesus did. We need to do as Jesus did. What did he do? He ministered to people. You know, he, he, he helped them. In this case, he, he ministered to the needs. He taught them. He, he healed them. And Jesus ministered to people's spiritual and physical needs. Now, ministry simply means help people. That's all. All you need to do is to be willing to help to serve. All of us are called to serve. Okay? He has given us unique gifts and opportunities that we can serve people who are around us. We don't have to look far. God has actually strategically placed lost people all around us. You know, we are surrounded by people who do not know Jesus. Okay? Some of them are our colleagues. Some of them are our customers, clients neighbors, people we meet in the park, in the recreation. Okay, I'm not talking about total strangers. Huh? Sometimes we are acquainted, you know, we kind of like say hi, 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 you know, right? But some of you say, I am a pastor, I have no lost people around me, lah, you know? Really? Do you live in a monastery or what? Huh? We, we are all surrounded by people who do not, you know, know Jesus. But the problem is this, we condition ourselves to not meet people, you know, it's like we see but don't see. And today, really, it's quite possible to have minimum interaction because those days you need to go out and buy things, huh? at least you buy things, you uh, interact with the person, the casual, 
uh, or the shopkeeper, but today, you just go, pick up your phone, Lazada, tick, 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 it gets delivered. You don't even have to interface with a human being. That is how impersonal our society has become. But God has placed people strategically close to us, all around us. And all we have to do is just open our mouth and tell them why we have hope in God. 1 Peter 3.15 In your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Do it with gentleness and respect. There are people who do not have hope. But we have hope. And the good news in the simplest form, you know, it doesn't take long to, to share the good news. One, two minutes at the most. You know, we have all sinned against a holy God. We deserve to be punished. No amount of good works can pay for our debt, but in love, God sent His only Son to bear the penalty we deserve. We must turn from our sins and trust in Christ, and God gives us eternal life as a free gift when we trust in Christ. So, you know, it's something that all of us can learn to, to share when the opportunity comes, okay? And we can pray for the sick as well, by the way. If they don't get healed, bring them to the healing room. <laughs> there are others who can pray. And who knows, God can heal them. There's one way we can serve them. We can meet practical needs. Now, Jesus ministered, and he was single-handed. But you know what he said to his disciples? The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And when he says the laborers are few, what's the next thing you expect him to say? Harvest plentiful, laborers few. What would you expect him to say? All of you quickly go out. Is that what you expect, right? Harvest plentiful, laborers few. All of you quickly go out. No, that's not what he said. He said, pray. We say, why? Why pray? He commanded them to pray for more workers. Because unless they prayed, they will not be willing to go. And there will be no workers. So prayer is the first step. And you can sense the urgency in his voice when he says, pray for the Lord of the harvest. Because if not, if there are not enough laborers, the harvest will be lost. The crop was spoiled. The question is this, do we pray that the Lord would raise up and send out workers from this church? Do we pray? How many of you think the disciples obeyed and prayed? Come on. You think they, they prayed? How many of you think they didn't pray? Huh? Most of you don't have any opinion. I believe they prayed. You know why? Because the next verse says, Jesus sends them out. Because they prayed, they are now ready to be sent out. If you pray, God may actually tap you on the shoulder and say, you are the one I want to go out. Now, God may send us far away. Some people are sent to another country, another culture. But most of us relax, get to stay back in beautiful Penang. Because God does not have to send us over seas and ocean. He just have to send us over the sea to Batukawan. <laughs> or over the street. Uh, across the desk to another co-worker. It could be as close as that. Huh? 
It could be as close as the person exercising next to you. That's all. Sometimes Jesus will send us to some people who are very close to us. So as I close, when we see as Jesus saw and feel as Jesus felt, then we will be ready to do as Jesus has done. Amen? How many of you would say, yes, Pastor, I received the good news because somebody shared with me. Somebody actually came and shared with me the good news. Come on, wave to me, somebody. The rest of you, you save yourself, is it? you kind of like, I searched for God, I found Him. Very rare, rarely it happens, right? Most of us, somebody came to us. And now it's time for you to go out as His instrument to reap the harvest, to share the good news at least, okay? But to do that, we must first learn to see as Jesus saw, feel as He felt, and then we can do as He did. May this be our prayer. Let's say this together. Open, open our ears to lost people around us. Fill our hearts with your compassion and send workers to your harvest field. This is something you can pray by yourself every night, every day. Open my eyes, Lord, to lost people around me. Fill my heart with your compassion. Send workers to your harvest field. And don't be surprised if you pray this prayer. God may say, I will send you. And that would be a privilege.